0: As I continue my studies, the gut biome pops up everywhere. It seems to be more and more important to our health and the genesis of various diseases. This is Kelly Gregg, and this is episode 26 in the series covering the book Diet and Health. For more information, go to kellygregg.com, G R E G G. And for more entertainment, go buy my book, Diet and Health, on Amazon or at the website. Our diet seems to have a prominent effect on this biome, and changes in the gut biome may be part of of the mechanism by which several different diseases are generated. It may seem odd, but this is a reasonable spot to talk about the gut biome. If you have been paying attention, the last half-dozen podcasts have been about fasting. Fasting does affect your gut biome. Lots of things affect your gut biome, and as time goes on, we are beginning to realize that disease and your gut microbiome are very interconnected. First, what is your gut biome? These are all the organisms living peacefully inside of you. Actually, they are not inside of you. Just like the skin separates the outside world from your inside, the gut also separates outside from inside. Its job is much more complicated, as it must let some stuff into your body while keeping other stuff out. About half of your stool is composed of microorganisms. Almost all your energy is absorbed through your gut. Your gut breaks down food, as I have described earlier, but after breaking it down, it must sift through the contents and absorb what we want. It must also keep what we don't want out. The gut biome is the accumulation of bacteria, fungi, viruses, and parasites that live in our digestive tract. This composition varies all the time and portions can persist for many years, sometimes a lifetime. It is different in different parts of the world, different parts of the United States, different parts of your city, and even different parts of your neighborhood. We are certain it plays a vital role in the immune system response to various antigens. We believe it plays a role in obesity and diabetes. It almost certainly plays a role in autoimmune diseases, such as rheumatoid arthritis. The gut biome aids in the digestions of food, synthesizes various products important to us, such as vitamins, prevents the growth of pathogenic organisms, and maybe communicates with our brain. You get your first dose at birth, and it makes a difference whether it is vaginal or via C-section. Of course, your parents contribute to this in early life. Breast or a bottle feeding is different. Your pets contribute their share, as do the various products you put in your mouth while a toddler, such as toys, dirt, bugs, whatever it is on the floor. You can see your diet contributes quite a bit. We say your stomach sterilizes the food you eat, but we say that to make us feel better. Various organisms are protected from the acid by coverings. Fiber can form a gel in the stomach, protecting other organisms. Sometimes things pass rapidly through the stomach, and not enough time is available to sterilize anything. I still say the stomach sterilizes food when it suits me, like when I pick something off the floor and eat it. I'm pretty sure that as we get better at identifying all the organisms, No two people will be exactly the same. I made digestion sound simple, but your body is not 100% efficient at absorbing all the nutrients you get. Some get through the body and feeds this massive populations of organisms. More organisms than cells in your body. The change in the microbiome is just another example of how your body can adjust to your environment to keep you alive and well. If you move, the biome changes a little, because the food you are eating may change a little. If you have a poor diet, the biome changes in your body's attempt to keep you well, but that may not keep you healthy. Most of us are somewhat familiar with skin bacteria, which is part of the skin microbiome. We know that some bacteria are normal, and their growth inhibits the growth of more pathogenic bacteria. We kind of know that if we washed our hands with antibiotics every day, we may be destroying the good bacteria, and giving some exotic bacteria resistant to all known antibiotics a chance to infect us and kill us. Let's use penicillin-resistant bacteria as an example. Once upon a time, this did not exist. Sure, occasionally some bacteria would get a mutation and be resistant to the effects of penicillin, but that did not give the bacteria any competitive advantage. Otherwise, eventually all the bacteria would be carrying that gene. The normal bacteria have already been optimized to be able to outgrow any new mutations. Now, if you invented penicillin and started giving it to people those bacteria would now have a big competitive advantage and take over the population. We have lots of penicillin-resistant bacteria now. If suddenly the world did not have penicillin, the historical normal bacteria would soon, maybe in about 10 years, regain its place as the prominent type. I think I've changed my mind. I think it would take much less than 10 years for the normal penicillin not resistant bacteria, to regain its place. Now, we ingest not only antibiotics, but all kinds of chemicals not previously seen by your gut in the last 6,000 years. Some are antibiotics, some are pesticides, some are preservatives. You put preservatives in food to keep bacteria from growing. Do you think that may affect your gut bacteria? As time goes on, Most people have a different gut microbiome than people had a few thousand years ago. Is this part of our obesity, diabetes, cancer, autoimmune, and dementia problem? Probably to some extent. I hate to say this, but there probably is no safe level of a chemical that we previously did not have in our diet. We have gotten good at measuring the parts per billion, but maybe one part per trillion will give some species a competitive advantage, and now we have a slightly different biome. Maybe it will not make any difference, but I doubt if it will be helping us. Otherwise, we would have had that bacteria biome long ago. The significance of the biome in disease is becoming more apparent. Many elements affect this biome, but diet must be considered to be one of the main effects. Our diet has changed more dramatically in the last 300 years than in the previous 3,000. It is not crazy to think that the modern Western diet has affected our biome. It is also not crazy to think that the increased incidence of many diseases may be related to this. We now believe type 2 diabetes patients have an altered gut biome, and we, including me, believe this is a factor in reshaping the intestinal barrier and metabolic signaling. It is still too complicated to understand completely. It does turn out that fasting affects the gut biome. It appears it may enhance bacterial richness and diversity in the biome, and it may revert to a more natural biome, one not inhabited by the overgrowth of certain species. Your biome does have a baseline. Under the influence of diet and environment, there can be an overgrowth of bacteria that normally would not be present or only in a trace amount. This may be part of the benefits of fasting. As you will read later, it only took five days of artificial sweeteners to demonstrate a notable metabolic change in glucose tolerance it may only take a short time fasting to change the biome back to more normal circumstances. One of the mechanisms by which the gut biome may be causing us harm is by modifying the permeability of the gut. The cells in the intestines are designed to limit the proteins that are absorbed. Usually amino acids can penetrate the walls to be absorbed into the body there is a substantial immune blockade to limit foreign matter from being taken into the blood. Abnormalities in the gut biome may damage this barrier, allowing immunogenic proteins to be absorbed. These may activate the immune system, such that an immune reaction is generated against these proteins. It appears that a diverse natural gut biome does tighten some of these junctions between cells and decrease systemic inflammation. Absorption of immunogenic proteins may activate your immune system to attack similar proteins that compose the normal human body. Currently, there is interest in how the gut biome directly affects the brain and our actions. There is an extensive nerve supply through the vagus nerve to the gut, and we believe certain gut conditions may influence the brain. Specifically, does increasing the glucose in a diet affect leptin and our appetite? Previously, I thought artificial sweeteners led to an increased desire for sweets through a mechanism involving the taste buds. Now I'm not so sure. Using artificial sweeteners affects the gut biome, and does this influence the brain to eat more sweets? We already know the use of these sweeteners does not lead to weight reduction regardless of the lack of calories contained in these products. It would take a lot more time and research for me to give you a decent report on the biome. Most of the studies focus on how the biome is involved in specific diseases. This book, Diet and Health, focuses on the prevention of disease based on a proper maintenance diet, not necessarily the treatment for a specific disease. Of course, diabetes has been my prime example of diet-causing disease, and I did focus a little on how to treat and manage this disease. We know changes in the biome occur in those with diabetes. Perhaps in a couple years, I can revise this chapter and give you a deeper understanding of the biome's role in diabetes. There are some things I'm fairly sure of, Your gut biome has a significant effect on your health and it is involved in several diseases. Abnormal permeability of the gut wall may be responsible for the increase of autoimmune disease and is related to the gut biome. Diet and fasting affect the gut biome and can be used to induce beneficial changes in the biome. Numerous modern environmental factors Have adversely affected our gut biome. Medications can seriously affect the gut biome, and I don't just mean prescription medication. Non-caloric artificial sweeteners adversely affect the gut biome. Now, a little unrelated personal information. I enjoyed writing the book, Diet and Health, and was looking forward to my next book. I then discovered That it takes me twice as long to market the book as it did to write the book. This includes these podcasts I am giving you. My original plan was to write my next book on the gut biome, but as I outlined the book, I discovered there is so much more I have to teach you before I can even go into the gut biome. My next book is now going to have to be The Human Genome for the Common Man. Some of you are not highly familiar with the human genome, and I'm going to have to explain it to you before I can move on. Then I discovered I'm really going to have to teach you about epigenetics before I can go into the gut biome. I'm not sure whether this will require its own book, or just a few chapters in some other book. Finally, I can go into more detail on the gut biome. Of course, somewhere along the line in all this, I'm going to have to go over CRISPR, and human gene transfer. My focus is going to continue to be on diet and health. It just so happens diet and health is entwined in the human genome and all these other subjects I mentioned. I'm just going to teach you enough of these other subjects so that you can appreciate its relationship to diet and health. Most all of the articles you are going to read on these subjects have to do with the treatment of disease. As I have stated from the beginning, I'm interested in the prevention of these diseases. And the main way I'm going to prevent it is by getting you to eat a good diet. And by that I mean the maintenance diet I've been mentioning all along. I am subtly fine-tuning your diet. By the end of these podcasts, I believe most of you will decrease the number of non-caloric artificial sweeteners you are taking. I believe most of you may be fasting a little more than you used to because most of you didn't fast at all. Many of you will be looking twice at GMO products or hanging around a little longer in the organic food section. You will also be noticing the grass-fed cattle Version of the butcher shop. I believe you'll be looking a little more closely at the contents of the food you are buying, and I'm hoping you will get rid of high fructose corn syrup and try to diminish soybean products. When I say you, I'm really talking directly to the food engineer, and many of the following podcasts will be talking to this person directly. I've taught you addition and subtraction and long division. We are working on algebra. If you hang on to the very end, you will be doing diet quantum mechanics.